Well, let's go over to Adelaide to the City of Churches and a man who knows the landscape particularly well, a 5AA broadcaster, producer, Sam Tuckwell. He joins us now. G'day, Sam. Good morning, boys. Yes, it's a little gloomy over here in Adelaide this morning, so it could be brighter, but no, for Port Adelaide fans, great time, and for Crows fans, yeah, things just got a little bit darker all of a sudden. Well, let's talk about the big incident out of Sunday, and that's Shane McAdam, who's now off to the tribunal for that incident with Jacob Weir of, uh, of GWS. Was that expected? I don't think many people anticipated that he was headed to the tribunal. They thought maybe two or three weeks because he picket got two, but Shane McAdam's looking at more. Yeah, it's interesting. When you look at them side by side, you feel like Cozzy Pickett might have had a bit more of a case to answer the way he left the ground and and really did cannonball into the head of Bailey Smith. But then he ended up getting just the high con- uh, sorry high impact um, classification here, so ended up with two weeks for Shane McAdam. And yes, both players went on to play on, which sort of helped. Um, but the fact that there was a, a I suppose a concussion test done on one player and not done on the other sort of went to suggest that. This has actually sunk Shane McAdam. It was Jacob Weir and the GWS Giants who did a concussion test, having to um, to, to get the the readings, I guess, um, back to the AFL to to say this is what's uh, the outcome for this player that's ended up hurting Shane McAdam more than Bailey Smith. The Western Bulldogs didn't do a concussion test, and they were, uh, I guess, you could say, negligent in their duties as uh, medical doctors to look after that player. Because as we've all heard in the last month or so, how important it is now for negligence to be avoided uh, by club doctors as much as possible when their head's hit. That didn't happen in round one for the Bulldogs, and so Bailey Smith didn't have a report filed, and hence it kind of helped Cozzy Pickett come back um, with nothing really to report. So severe impact came back for Shane McAdam, which is the highest of the impacts you can receive, which has ended up on the little flow chart that the AFL Tribunal have got um, going towards uh, the Tribunal tonight, three-plus matches. Now, a lot of people here in Adelaide up in arms because... They feel like they're... You could accept equal if it was two games with Cozzy. Um, people could stomach that. But because it's going to be more, there's a lot of people unhappy. It's going to be a, a, an incident that'll ignite debate. It already has. Uh, do you think whatever the punishment is tonight from the tribunal, Adelaide will be appealing? I think it's almost guaranteed. The Crows will guarantee uh, will appeal whatever that is. Um, whether it's three, whether it's four, I mean, it's, it's almost anyone's guess which way they'll go. I think this could go all week. This will be one of those things which um, Adelaide will appeal. It'll go back to another tribunal type. Um, the AFL might even have another crack back. It could be one of those week-long things which just takes far too long. But all we know is, regardless, Shane McAdam won't be playing this week um, in any way, shape or form. But um, at least we sort of know tonight whether the, whether the Adelaide Crows' argument's going to stack up, what it's going to look like, what the AFL's argument's going to look like, and then... It can sort of form a bit of an idea of what the rest of the week might look like too. Great win for Port Adelaide. Uh, but the Crows lost from where they were. I mean, they, they had so many opportunities in the first quarter in particular against the Giants. Overrunning the heat, the Giants only had one fit player on the bench. That's a stinging loss first game of the season. Forget the McAdam incident for a moment. That's a stinging loss first up for Matthew Nixon, the Crows. Yeah, well, they gave up a five-goal halftime lead, which is the hardest part of the stomach for Adelaide fans. They were looking so good. The way they moved the ball in the first quarter and the second quarter made it look like they were that they were the Clarko Hawthorne three-peat era team. They were just, it was sublime how well they were hitting targets and the skill level was exceptional. And the pressure from the Giants just wasn't there. But as soon as the Giants' pressure rose in the second half, Adelaide did fall away. You could see the lethargic legs started to come out in that scorching heat over in Sydney. 
the round one sort of uh, really did hit the Crows players. They were very young, as we know, the second youngest team in the league. And so eventually the fitness level started to wane and the Giants came over the top. They kicked 11 goals to four in that second half and that really did hurt. I think it was little moments at the back end of the game which the Crows could have avoided. There were things like Taylor Walker, a bump off the ball, which gave a 50 metre to Himmelberg and he ended up walking up the ground and kicking a goal with a cramp in his leg from 50 out. Things like that which could have been avoided too, which didn't help Adelaide. Luck just didn't have it on their side. But what was positive, we're trying to stay positive in Adelaide anyway. Um, because Josh Rochelle and Isaac Rankin together, despite the fact that there were some missed opportunities from Rankin, he kicked two goals, five. Um, those two together look absolutely brilliant. They're the future for the Crows. These small players who are fast, got great skills, great footy IQ. There's some really good signs there, at least for them. And Riley Thilthorpe, which is sort of the story that's gone missed, he played in the Sample trial on the weekend. He kicked four goals as a ruckman. So there's some upside there too, um, knowing that he's in some good touch and if he can get his confidence and, and Nixie can find confidence in him as well to come back to play AFL football, that he can join the team and enter into what is already looking like a, a good system, but it's going to need some continuity throughout four quarters in every game they play. Isaac Rankin seems like he's settled into Adelaide pretty easily in his second club. Um, you're right, he had some potency in that uh, in that forward-half mix, but um, uh, but also the, the, the other big guy with Tex Walker too seems to... Um, Darcy Fogarty seems to have taken his game to another level Looks fitter, stronger Looks like he's now ready to take the game apart in uh, As a key forward Oh absolutely I think it's a matter of time now This is uh, Taylor Walker is going year by year with his contract So what that means is Hopefully, I think most Crows fans are starting to see This forward line work without Taylor Walker Only about two years ago Or even last year you could suggest that That forward line was nothing without him now it's got some real factors. You've got, as we just said, you've got Rankin and Rochelle along the ground if you need them. Ben Keyes has floated forward too to be that small forward, a uh, high half forward player. And then you've got your big targets. You've got Thilthorpe who's coming along. You've got uh, Fogarty who's coming into this uh, team really nicely. So those two big targets. Now you almost feel like Taylor Walker's going to be filling up too much space in that forward line um, going forward. So once those two young guys can really get themselves going, Fogarty and Thilthorpe together, and they can get a system by the end of the year, Taylor Walker can sail into the sunset and what's been an amazing career and uh, let those two go to work in the future. But as you said, Fogarty, it, it, this time last year, you, you sort of cast your mind back. He was the one that everyone was criticising and going, right, when's this kid going to get it together? He's been in the system five years and he's just not nailing it yet. Well, now after those 12 months of development, Matthew Nick sent him to the sample, made him work really hard in his game for about a couple of months, eventually came in, earned his spot, and you saw the back end of last year, looked incredible, had some great games, clunking marks, big goals, accuracy was there, and again this year he's picked up where he left off. So apparently that's what he's doing with Riley Philthorpe now, the very similar thing, go back, work on your game, come together, and then in a few months' time, once you're back in the system, you've earned your spot, you can do the same thing that Darcy did, and they can both be turnkey goers, the, the future forwards for the Crows and 2024. Sam Tugwell's with us from 5AA in Adelaide. Uh, the Crows went down uh, on the road to the Giants and the Power had a resounding win over uh, the Brisbane Lions. It was At halftime it was fairly tight and then after that it was an absolute blitzkrieg. It was uh, 13 goals to 3 after halftime. The mm. Power won by 9 goals and Jason Horn francis in a Port Adelaide jumper looked right at home. Yeah, he did. A 44-point turnaround which I don't think anyone really saw in the third term coming. Um, and Jason Horn Francis was a great part of that. It was one of those special games which you just knew eventually was going to happen for him. You didn't think it'd be the first one, but you could tell it was going to happen at some point. He just feels and looks comfortable 
in that Port Adelaide uh, lineup and and just being around Albert and a lot of good culture there for him. Uh, he just looks like he's in a good space, and you could see that in the first game. 25 touches, he had 10 inside 50, seven clearances, and to get a goal in the first term and just to get that out of the way really early, I think, settled the nerves a bit too, and he just looked fantastic. And I think it's just an overall picture. When you think about Port Adelaide, you would have seen over there in WA with the trial games the first couple of weeks of this preseason how they just didn't have it together. They've really struggled through this preseason in a match capacity. Um, those two games against Frio and the Eagles. And then there was even an intra-club game between themselves um, a week before that. And the Chad Corns uh, assistant coaching group were very upset with how they played in that intra-club game, which is a strange thing to say. So all the criticism was really justified because everyone had seen these games um, leading into round one. But the way they just came out of the box in the second half and really brought it to Brisbane, who we know are a premiership contender this year, um, absolutely embarrassed them, really. And there was some great lineup. Players like Butters and Rosie and Horn France together uh, as a midfield group, that's a really positive sign for a young team uh, who is starting to really click and they've got a good gel with some great talent. You've got forwards like Todd Marshall kicking four goals. Rioli comes straight into the team, kicks three goals. Um, Dixon, who had a bit of a wayward day, still ended up with three goals, three. Um, there was some really good signs coming out of that. And let alone, let's just forget and park the fact that they had 21, I think, free kicks against them to five in the first half. So Port were up against it with the umpiring too, but they still found a way. I think Dixon had a few of them too with his competitiveness. Oh, and his mouth was going away. <laughs> they, have they got the line-up, Sam, have they got the line-up to be able to really compete and contend? Because I think the talent on the list is exceptional at Port Adelaide. But just when, when the heat comes on and their inability to probably finish out games and take it to the top teams. They just fall away. But is this year the year for Port where they can really contend and and um, and take it to the top four? Well, let's hope so. I think you've hit the nail on the head when you say, is this the talent? Because it looks so good on paper, and that's the most frustrating thing for Port Adelaide fans here, is it looks so good. It has done for three or four years now. The list looks amazing. And when you put the put the matchups together, you go, yeah, but they win most of those matchups, and then they just can't put it together. So that's the that's the really frustrating part for for Port fans. If they can get it together, and consistency is key for Ken Hinckley and his guys. This is Ken's last year of his contract, which has been going for over ten years now, um, on the going, and obviously there's a lot of pressure on him, and there's going to be a lot of talk around that. But this is this is also go time for him, just as much as it's go time for the players, because. People like Travis Boak has been, and Tom Jonas and Ollie Wines, they've been waiting a long time. They've been working their ass off to make this happen, to get them into this position. And then they can't capitalise. If the coach can't help them capitalise, if the, if the whole team can't come together and, and make it happen, this has been four years in the making and it's just going to become a flop. They're going to miss their, their chance. The window will close ever so quickly. So there's a, there's a lot of upside knowing that they've got their ins with Junior Rioli being an exceptional um, player in the forward line now alongside Orazio who finally gets to play some football. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson's hopefully coming back this week and Jason Horn francis being included as well. There's so many good additions. You just want it to click. So hopefully round one was a good sign of things to come that once things do click, this team can do it every week and, uh, and they can really push for that top four, top two sort of position, which we know they can do. But uh, last year it's eluded them and in big finals as well in the past it's eluded them too. Well, Port Adelaide have got Collingwood at the MCG on Saturday and Adelaide and Richmond have the twilight game in your neck of the woods, the Adelaide Oval. I'll tell you what, Adelaide Oval didn't look too affected by an Ed Sheeran concert. (laughs) 
Well, no, the talk wasn't too much about that here because I think they uh, they put that to rest pretty quickly in Adelaide. The PR machine uh, was working very, very quickly, I think, on that half. So we didn't really want to talk about it, whereas Melbourne, I think they just sort of, uh, they, they, they fought the fire a little bit um, early on and the media just sort of jumped on it and the um, MCG and Eddie had talk was uh, was a lot to talk about. And then Chris Scott decided to throw a little bit in there as well on Friday night. So, yeah. oh, look, we, we found the ground really, really good. Um, no players had any uh, qualms with it. So I think uh, I think we'll be OK going forward. It's, it must be a, a pretty obvious thing for groundskeepers. We see cricket pitches come in and out every year, so the midfield square is always affected. Um, every season round one, you just don't really talk about it. So that's always brand new grass going in a week or so out. So I don't know why why a concert all of a sudden is uh, such a big deal, but hey, it's the same practice, just a little bit more limelight on it. Sam, is Trav Boke a chance to return this week? Uh, he is, that's what they're saying. Uh, he's had a rib uh, contusion, I think it was, uh, over the pre-season, which they didn't really get scans back until last week, which seemed to show up a few things, but he's uh, set to return to the mix this week, which is great for Port Adelaide fans. And Jeremy Finlayson's that other one who will most likely uh, be in the mix as well for selection for Port. So they're happy to have those two senior players back. Looking forward to seeing Trav Boke back, an absolute star of the uh, the game. And, yeah, still going strong. And he's almost mid-30s now and uh, probably a few more years left in him if he continues to hold up that standard. Sam, thanks for your time this morning. Nice to speak to you over there in Adelaide in the City of Churches. Hopefully the sun emerges on a gloomy start to the day and hopefully the sun emerges for the Crows uh, this weekend looking for their first win. Thank you, boys. Always good to chat to you. That's Sam Tugwell from 5AA over there in Adelaide.